0: And uh, we're back uh, to discuss yet again the really important topic that we started discussing last time, uh, which is the topic of anger. And uh, of course, uh, Roger and I, we never deal with that issue in our lives. But for you, the listener, of course, we thought it would be good to talk about. Uh, not at all the truth, of course. We, we deal with it all the time. Um, Roger, last time, we, as we were wrapping up, uh, you, you brought up this kind of distinction between the causation of anger and the occasion of anger. And you said that causation, the cause comes from within us. It's yeah. our hearts, beliefs, desires. You said the occasion would be then the circumstances, the, the triggers, the, the physical weaknesses, etc. cetera. Even hunger, you said, I think tiredness. Um, okay. And you said, we've got to make sure we realize that the causation, the, the cause is not those circumstances.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Those are just the, the occasion. So let me ask you this question as we get back into the topic. What would the, what's the problem with those who think that the occasion is really the causation? Like what happens when we confuse those two things?
1: I think we apologize in the wrong way. So when we get upset, Say we apologize and say, you know, I'm so sorry, I was just tired. (laughs) So you were just tired. And so what happens is you can deflect the responsibility upon something else, your circumstances around you, instead of owning and saying, I'm sorry, I got upset. The reality is I was tired and that did play a part in loosening up my reaction. But I need to own it that it's not just because because I was tired. No, I chose to respond this way. And I'm sorry for how I responded. So it's twofold. It's one identifying what really was the cause, but it's the responsibility. You know, you, you can't blame another person. I, I do with my with my kids a lot. You know, he made me so angry. Wow, that person has so much power. They can <laughs> get into your heart and cause you to get angry at another person. No, they're just the occasion. And they're just a trigger that brought it out. And it's important to keep that in mind. Yeah. But important to remember our responsibility is what's coming out of our heart. Because two people can respond in the same situation. One can become angry and one doesn't. Right. What is the differentiating factor? Yeah, The heart. Yeah. You know, road rage. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, and this is not the topic for today, so we won't get into this much, but it, it just made me think that um, the victimization mentality that plagues mm-hmm. the world these days, maybe the Western world more than others, I'm not sure. But we we have this problem where we're always the victim, even of our own circumstances, mm-hmm. right? We're, I'm not the issue. The issue is the circumstance I've been put in. Um, you know, I've heard it a lot, even these days, with with discussions, uh, you know, about all sorts of problems in the world. Well, look at the circumstance they're in. Now, look. Needless to say, circumstances uh, create difficulty, challenges, of course, but they can't be the cause of our sin. Mm-hmm. The cause is, like you said, inside. It's the heart, yeah. and. Sure, it becomes more difficult in certain circumstances to hide what's inside, or mm-hmm. to filter it and let it stay inside. Um, but it's not the cause, and and it's it's. I think our legal system sometimes is is built in the wrong ways too on on this victimization mentality. But that's for a whole different episode. Maybe down the road we'll, we'll tackle that. Let, let's get into some of the scriptural thinking on the topic of anger, and and you've brought up this topic of the first incident of anger in scripture. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So when we look back
1: in Genesis, looking back at the first event, the first example of anger, it's the brothers, Cain and Abel. And if you're familiar with Genesis, you remember the story of Cain and Abel. They both bring an offering before God, before the Lord. The Lord accepts Abel's offering. But doesn't accept Cain's offering. Yeah. We're not told why, doesn't accept it. And in chapter four, verse five, it says, after his offering was not accepted, so Cain was very angry, and his face fell. Yeah. And the Lord said to him, Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? Well, we know God's not looking for information, <laughs> right? But He's bringing something out. I mean, think of that question right there. Why are you angry? So what's going on in Cain's thought process there? What's going on in his desires at that moment? And then think of the relational aspect with his brother.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's something really fascinating there that God is giving him the opportunity to assess properly (laughs) his situation. How often does that happen? You know, the Lord gives us this chance to cool down, to, to stop and process and think, but we don't. (laughs) And, and we still go, we, we, we go for broke and we, we go nuts uh, on the situation, but yeah. So, so carry us through this. What, what, what does Cain end up doing here? So we
1: see just a little bit, Further, as the conversation continues, God warns Cain that sin is crouching at the door and it has this desire, it's contrary to him, and he yeah. must rule over it. And of course, we see he doesn't. And then what does he do? He reacts and he responds. And it's not to God that he responds, but it in, in one way, it is to God. Right. He, he gets upset. And angry, so he kills his brother, yeah. who has done nothing to him up to this point. Yeah. His, his brother just offered his offering, and the Lord accepted, and Cain's offering was not accepted. So Cain responds to God and says, I'm going to kill Abel. You accepted his offering. Yeah. And think about what's going on in his thoughts, how wrong his thoughts are, as if God doesn't have the right to choose whose offering to accept. Mm as if God was not the creator, Um, his desire maybe was good. Maybe he came with a heart of wanting to offer something to the Lord. Maybe he came with the wrong desire. Maybe it wasn't acceptable. We don't know the details behind it, but we do know there is a thought process and a desire that's gone wrong. And so he gets upset. He doesn't get what he wants. So he, in his rage, kills his brother.
0: And, and think about what's going on in his mind. Somehow, his brother has become the cause mm-hmm. of his problems. Yeah. Somehow, in his assessment, which I think, because I think sin is not reasonable, right? Sin is not yeah. rational. Okay. So, when we become angry, it, we might give ourselves reasons and, and we might come up with reasons, but they're not really reasonable. And if we yeah. really stopped to assess, we would. Hopefully, get to that point, but he's thinking somehow. This, this brother of mine, if he were not around, or if he did not do X, Y, and Z, yeah. then I, my offering would have been accepted. Really, it's God who did or did not accept the offering, yeah. and yet Cain takes it out on his his brother. Uh, And he doesn't, he doesn't stop. Now notice something else. He's looking outward, always pointing to the brother as the problem. He doesn't stop to assess what was wrong with my offering or what was wrong with my heart. Mm -hmm. Right. We have this conversation with the kids a lot, but I won't, I won't go in there because I don't want to (laughs) expose them or my, my own parenting anyway. (laughs) uh, (laughs) So so like look, we're looking at that's the first incident of anger at least yeah. that we can see in scripture and uh, and i know we want to jump into more scripture before we get to more scripture let me ask you this question we know anger is a big problem mm-hmm. but it's not only christians that think anger is a problem the world sees it they're dealing yeah. with it so how how does the world deal with or try to handle anger so I remember
1: when I was younger with my brothers, one of the first things, and we're all unbelievers, and, and and so, and we all had an anger problem, like I talked about in the previous episode of our yelling at each other often, Right. but I remember one of the first responses was, I think this is my older brother for some reason, and he'll correct me if I'm wrong, but it was, <laughs> just count to 10. <laughs> no, right. okay, th- that may calm me down for a moment and try to, try to gather yourself before you respond but just count to 10.
0: You, 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 did you ever watch uh, Family Matters with uh I did Steve, yeah Steve Urkel uh-huh, yeah and the, I don't remember what the guy's name was the dad the the, the yeah, owner know. of the home I can't remember but he he used to oh there was an episode that he'd say three two one one two three what the heck is bothering me <laughs> and that was how he that. would try to deal with his <laughs> How's he going to calm down uh, after Steve Urkel is showing up to the house? And, and, I, I'll never forget that because I just, I find it so funny because yeah, really, is that r- really going to calm you down? Just count to 10. The point is, well, stop and think about it, right? That's yeah. The, yeah. The point. Okay. What else? So count to 10. That's uh, one option. The other one,
1: common one, just get it out. Express your anger, punch a pillow, punch a punching bag. Don't punch Just another don't punch person. A person right <laughs> we punched walls no no actually we slammed doors that that was quite oh, often yeah the, or throwing something oh man when my brother and i would play video games together oh no we broke so many rem- so many controllers
0: over losing
1: a game
0: um, it's awful. <laughs> you, you were three You were three brothers growing up, and we were four brothers growing up. So we, we, we have similar experiences in that. Lots of yelling, screaming, chasing each other, doors slamming. <laughs> I won't talk about the bats that went through walls or the knives that got stuck in doors. <laughs> we won't go there. You have yeah. no
1: excuse. You grew up in a pastor's home. You guys were supposed to all be perfect, right? You Whoa. were sanctified really early in life.
0: No, No? only I was sanctified. The rest were not. Yeah. It's all their Uh, fault.
1: So what other ways
0: (laughs) does the world deal with anger?
1: Uh, I think of, you know, common willpower. Just try harder. Just try to restrain yourself. Hold it in. Yeah, Don't get angry. Um, It's kind of connected to take a time out and calm down and, you know just reflecting a uh, self-help it's really right. uh, you have the power within yourself to restrain yourself we often forget that because we're physical spiritual beings sometimes those physical reactions are powerful mm. and can feel like they're taking over astronauts of course, but you could feel so involved in something you don't realize, um, at that moment. And then you come to your senses and you're like, I would never get in that kind of rage if I was thinking in my right mind, but we find ourselves in those. So, you know, just that self-help or self will, um, to defeat anger.
0: Yeah. That just stop it mentality. Like that skit. Yeah. Showing me before just stop it. Stop it. Stop it. it. (laughs)
1: works well with kids they, they listen it. the first time it's amazing
0: parenting every time so just simple it. just stop it just stop it yeah. yeah yeah you have another one on here uh listen to calming music
1: yeah i mean there is a sense where uh, you can see music does affect us and shape us but i don't sure. think necessarily calming music is going to calm our hearts down when we're in a rage or you know very
0: upset and it, you know it might even calm us down you know, temporarily uh, yeah. but it's not really dealing with the the, the issue um mm-hmm. so those can be helpful yeah there's nothing wrong with taking a walk you have listed here this idea of hey take a walk yeah. okay mm-hmm. there's there's nothing wrong with it um but it depends on what you're doing on that walk, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you're, if you're going and you're walking and thinking about what's just been done to you and why you're so angry. I mean, imagine Cain took a walk too, probably who knows? Yeah. You know? He took a walk to think about how he was going to pick up a rock and he was going <laughs> to kill his brother. Uh, so it's not, it's not the taking a walk. It's not the listening to calming music. There's gotta be something, something more. And the more is how the Bible addresses this issue. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that. What what's the biblical approach? What is the biblical approach to dealing with our anger? What do we have to think about?
1: Well, I think we always have to realize that our help comes from outside of us, not inside of us. Hmm. And the problem is inside of us, but our help doesn't come from inside. So if we look at one of the most common passages in thinking about uh, this topic is James chapter four. And this deals with a lot of anger that's going on inside, and it's dealing with the cravings and the desires that are going inside. Yeah. And so if we're not looking at the inside desires, then we can get lost um, in just looking at the expression on the outside and thinking that that's the problem as we started the episode. We have to look really at what's going on in the inside of us because that enlightens us to what's going on so we can actually deal with that. We can actually take something to the Lord. So it's not simplistic. It's it's really descriptive of each of us, of what's going on that we can bring before the Lord in humility so that he can help us asking God for help. So let's just look at a couple of these verses. I'll read... James chapter 4, 1 to 3 says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions.
0: Yeah. What is what is going on inside the heart that is bringing up these quarrels and fights?
1: It's desires gone wrong. And so one thing to be careful about is we're not saying desires are wrong, right? There are good desires we have that can go wrong. When they become ruling desires, they control us too much. We want something too much. It's not the wanting that's wrong necessarily. It could be. Mm-hmm. It's wanting something <clears throat> too much. And so maybe it would be helpful even to think about an example, like yeah. what's going on in our desires in just a normal everyday example. Um,
0: Getting mad at your kids. How about that? No.
1: Okay. That never happens. I don't know about you, but
0: yeah, it's probably we should probably come up with something more practical, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, so
1: yeah, let's think of this after a long day. Yeah, we get upset over our kids who are fighting with each other at the dinner table. This absolutely never happens in my household after a long day of work,
0: not in mine either. Never.
1: So, the kids are fighting at the dinner table. What do I want when I'm sitting down?
0: Well,
1: it'll be confession time for me. So I love to come home after a long day and have comfort. So I'd like to have a dinner that's peaceful. My kids like each other. They're not kicking each other underneath the table or throwing food on the ground, or they're not eating. I want them to eat their dinner because her mom has worked hard cooking it. It's a good desire. I mean, she made food for them. I want them to eat. I want them to not yell at the dinner table. Can we use some voice inside, outside? I don't care which one it is. Just (laughs) let's lower the tone. So I want a little bit of quiet because I've been talking all day at work. I've been thinking my mind is just tired. I love just a calm family dinner with my wife, not stressed out, you know, over the kids not behaving. Yeah. And I want everybody to finish and to take their plate and put it in the dishwasher. I okay. want
0: my kids to be perfect
1: and to be mature at 11 and 8.
0: That doesn't sound unreasonable to me.
1: No, I'm, all those wants are perfectly legitimate, right? They can never get us into any trouble.
0: Right? No, not at all. <laughs> but it's okay, look, let, let's let me, let me let me be honest. So so we're I'm listening to your situation and i go the one part that seems most unreasonable is the perfection Hmm. at at the end when you and i think that was more facetiously almost they have to be perfect okay yeah the other the other desires they're not bad desires nope are they are they selfish desires roger here's where it becomes selfish here's
1: where it goes to the next level good how do i respond when that good desire is not met, right? So when my kids are fighting, I get upset at them. And I raise my voice at them. And instead of calmly telling them, guys, we need to calm down and eat our dinner. I say it with a different tone, an angry tone. I raise my voice, I threaten them, I'm going to take that away from you. If if you don't eat your dinner, you get no dessert. I therefore want to punish them. So instead of helping them, yeah. I'm responding with unhelpful means to try to manipulate them into obeying what I want. So I think it's, how am I trying to get that, that desire met? Am I using right. a godly means or ungodly? And I'll say 99% of the time, it's not godly thoughts going on. Yeah. I'm allowing the circumstances around me, my tiredness and all that to rule me instead yeah. of the Lord's desires. So.
0: Would you you say, Roger, there's a connection there between uh, desire and expectation? And so the desire may not be wrong, right? I desire to have a peaceful dinner. That's not a wrong desire. It's not even necessarily a selfish desire, but it becomes a problem when our expectation is that it must be met. Yes. And if it's not met, now I have given myself the right yeah. to become angry. But I've given myself the right. That doesn't mean that God has given me the right in that case to be angry. right? Ed Welch says, he says,
1: our desire morphs into idols yes. that we live for and that control us. Right. And that ruling desire is a desire for peace and no conflict. Yeah. peace and no conflict is not a bad desire, but in a broken world, it's a wrong expectation, yeah. it's an absolute wrong idol that will not bring us comfort because you don't live in a world without conflict. There yeah. is good conflict that should happen, and so uh, we learn yeah. a lot about our desires if we slow down and think about what's going on in our hearts,
0: yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, you, you, you. Talk about desires, but you also bring in beliefs. Yeah, and that—that's where that connection is, right? That I believe yes. that this I have to this this has to be given to me. Yeah, I have the right to it. It's mine. I need it. Yep. and if I don't get it now, I have the right to to explode, be angry. You know, act a way that's that's not becoming of a believer uh, because I've been wronged. Yeah, uh, somehow. Because what if
1: the other belief was there that I believe that my role at that moment is to train my children to love the Lord, not believe to train my children to make my life comfortable or to make it easy for me at the end of the day.
0: Okay, stop convicting me, man. (laughs) Every time we talk about this. this, (laughs) (laughs) this I mean, but it's so good. I'll, I'll just be honest. It's so so practical as I'm thinking about that because I, I have to assess, I think we talked about a little on the last episode yeah. that, that uh, you know, do I discipline out of anger or how do I discipline? And, and really it's making me think uh, so much about this. Uh, I, I also want to point out one other thing. So it's not always obviously with our children that this is happening, yeah. uh, but it happens with other people that we get angry with. And, you know, there's all, we've been wronged by this person. Um, and Welch talks about, he uses the the judge not passage, lest ye okay. be judged. And, and he mm-hmm. he also looks at the, the you know, taking the, the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of your brothers. And his point it, there was, you know, often our anger is a judgmental anger where yeah. we're indicting someone and what we're not doing is reflecting on our own role or part in in this or our own Kind of belief system, which I'm, as I'm looking at what you and I were just talking about, this idea of desires and beliefs, I think our belief system can often lead us to easily see what everyone else is doing wrong. Yeah. And never see what we are doing wrong. And what's wrong can be as simple as what you pointed out. Look, my role as a Christian in the house, as a Christian father is. A, B, and C. Do I have the right to get angry? Yes. Do I have the right to be ang- to show manifest my anger in these ways? No. Yep. These the, all these things come. You know, sin is sin. You know, uh, it, it manifests itself in different ways, but but it all you know kind of comes back to these heart issues where um, we're, we're we're seeing things in a way that's not according to God's way, and, and we got to th- consider those. Yeah.
1: I think even when you think of your thoughts and your desires, there is a connection between those two, a reinforcement. Mm. Uh, You know, when we take actions, we're affirming what we're thinking and what we're believing and wanting. And so when we do that and we're not getting in the middle of that, or I should say, allowing God to get in the middle of that and open and shine his light into what's going on in the inside, then we're going to blame everybody else and look, outside of us instead of saying, no, this is really me. This is my problem that I have to deal with before the Lord, not their problem.
0: Well, and and you, you gave a really helpful way of thinking about this Roger just a a few minutes ago when you, you described, you asked the question, what should I have done? Like what should that discipline look like with my kids or what, you know, what should my heart be after? And I think if we ask that question uh, as believers to every circumstance that we get angry with, right? What should my attitude be toward this brother or sister or non-believer who has harmed yeah. me or hurt me? If I go, my my attitude should be judgment. And, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think we can get there. I, I think if we look at the parable, of the wicked servant, like we talked briefly about last time, or if we look at so much of scripture, my my role in relationship and attitude toward these people who have wronged me should be love, forgiveness, correction, perhaps, but in kindness and gentleness. Yeah. Right. None of those say anger, r- rage, yeah. etc. cetera.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We think about how God deals with us and mercy and grace when we sin against him and we're, in rage, or we get angry at God even at our, our lives at times, and it's not the judgmental hand of God coming down on us, it's his mercy and grace wooing us back to us, reminding us this isn't who you are, this isn't your identity. Um, you're getting lost again, come back, and you know, have your heart opened again, and let me show you. a a different way, a new path. Let me show you my power to help you and to assist you. And in a sense, are we helping our children to grow or are we just responding to them? And I find myself convicted. I'm not many times helping them. I'm, I'm so selfish. those selfish desires are just manifested even more. I mean, they're manifested when you first get married, we start to get yeah. sanctified. And then it's like the second sanctification begins when you have children. Uh, it's just that more of your heart comes out more often um, when yeah. you have those little kids around.
0: I so, thought you were coming up with a new theological kind of term, second sanctification. And that comes with children. That's interesting, Roger. There's a third one that comes when you're perfected and you're completely
1: dead and not breathing. So we <laughs> oh, don't go. there you go. Oh man, uh,
0: you, you're you, you're you're right. This, this seeing if we could just see the way God deals with us, uh, we would learn uh, a much better way forward. And and by the way, God does have the right to be angry at our sin. He does yeah. have the right to yeah. pour out his wrath upon our sin, and yet, and yeah. yet he does not. And we don't have the right. Uh, yeah. And yet we so often do. Uh, and if we yeah, if right. you
1: want to look, you know, just in this James passage of, of how it tells us to respond to these fights and quarrels, uh, we won't read all the verses, but to going to verse six and seven, or I should start, yeah, really starting at six, he says, But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the prou- proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourself, therefore, to God resist the devil and he will flee from you. You know, it talks about this posture of coming before the Lord and finding his grace yeah. when you're humbly submitting before him. Yeah. There is this aspect of it's you and the Lord. It's you and your relationship with the Lord first, whenever you deal with anger. I think Powelson said it right when he said, you can never reckon with anger unless you reckon with the living God. Mm-hmm. If you leave God out of it, you won't have any uh, solution that is long-term. It'll just be temporary. But when you recognize there's something between you and the Lord, that, that's where the light can shine in and where the power of God can start
0: to come from. Yeah. I, if you think about it, I, I've always wondered based on what a non-believer could forgive, could truly forgive. Because we ground our forgiveness in the fact that we are forgiven. Mm -hmm. Um we can't parse that all right now, but that is something to think about that we we are we can forgive because we have been forgiven. Otherwise we're playing a game of, you know, how do we how do we deal with sin and make up for sin and take on yeah. sin and get payment for sin and debt and this and that but the reality is as believers we're the only ones who can forgive truly because we've understood forgiveness and the burden of our sin has been taken from us yeah um you know this is a important probably related uh, topic well as we're wrapping up here uh Roger what are what are some kind of last thoughts that you might have on this topic that you think are important for us to to consider uh, as we wrap up this episode. So
1: two things, let's look at, I was thinking about this paradox Mm. of when we think about the topic of anger. And it's this, is that we look outside of ourselves for the cause of our anger when it is really inside of us. Yeah. We also look inside on how to deal with our anger when the solution is outside of us. The reminder of the gospel that we need christ and his help when dealing with this and although you and i have perfected this and we don't struggle with anger at all right never we do and now, now we know we're all in process we know this is a hard area that we don't want to look at it as we're these victorious we're we're conquerors over this right. we're never going to struggle with this again we got this down we have all the tools and the tips and the things we need to deal with it. It's, it's looking at it as, as no God's going to teach us. And sometimes we may fall into this and it could become mm-hmm. patterns, but a reminder from uh, Martin Luther, who mm-hmm. talked about just this process. And I'll read you this quote. He says, this life therefore is not righteousness, but growth in righteousness and not health, but healing, not being, but becoming, Not rest, but exercise. We are not yet what we shall be, but we are growing toward it. The process is not yet finished, but it is going on. This is not the end. It is the road. All does not yet gleam in glory, but all is being purified.
0: Amen. Amen. Uh, And God is doing that purifying. Yes. God is at work in us. Great topic, good discussion, Roger. Thank you for for bringing it up, and I hope our listeners uh, have been encouraged, challenged certainly, uh, but encouraged. God is the one at work in us in these things. Um, as He exposes them, uh, He also heals them and, and works on them. And uh, I hope that uh, we continue to to look to Christ, our only hope and grace, and. Uh, Yeah, If you have any questions on the topic or feedback, feel free to send it to us. Uh, We also hope that you will subscribe and encourage others to listen and let them subscribe as well. And uh, We look forward to next time. God bless. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff Podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to... Feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.